Abandon fear and trust yourself Open up to all life's wealth Tap into a sixth sense With intuitive intelligence Hello, hello and welcome to the Intuitive Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Bernadette Gold, your clairvoyant success mentor, here with a special guest. We are with Helena Lucia, and she is with Sisu Journey Podcast and Community, and it's it fosters collective healing through storytelling. She is a resilience and nervous system coach and believes that nervous system dysregulation is the fundamental piece of the puzzle needed for healing. She supports her clients without shame to begin to reclaim honor and believe their bodies and intuition. And she's here live with us. So welcome, 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 Helena. Did I say your name in your, your podcast, right? Um, kind of close. <laughs> um, my first name's Helena. Helena, so okay. If you need sorry. a mnemonic to remember that, I always say Helena Handbasket. It's a good one. Nice. Nice. And my last name is Lucia, but you know what? My last name was my chosen last name. I, I chose oh, this last okay. name when I got divorced. Um, and so I guess you can, can kind of say, play with it however you want to say it. So Lucia cool. is actually the, um, the, the, the Italian way to say the word, which is great. But I thought, mm, I'm not Italian. And so okay. I'm not going to give myself a, a last name and then start correcting everybody else on how to say it. That feels a little hoity-toity for me. I should have asked <laughs> you before we came online. That's okay. Well, I, that's okay. I know I, sometimes I do with my guests and sometimes I forget. And then I'm kind of a little tongue-tied as well. So it's great. And I was on your podcast. That episode mm -hmm. is up. So for anyone that wants to go over and listen, I was actually on her podcast. It was a really good talk. Um, but now she is here to share with us. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I was raised in a fundamentalist, extreme um, religious cult. Um, and I, th I use the word cult because I, I want it to be clear that it definitely meets the definition of a cult when you look at what those are. And I want it to just be clear. I use a language that is appropriate. Um, and as a result, I suffered a ton of trauma and get um, coming out of that, you know, working on my abusive um, family systems and my marriage situation. I did a lot, a lot of therapy. I did 15 years of therapy wow. and I worked really hard and at the time, I thought therapy was going to fix me. Like that was kind of the be all end all. I was under the impression that doing the therapy was important and I believe therapy is important. I mean, I learned so much. I, I got tools that I never had. I, um, I did EMDR and processed through trauma that was able to like, you know, keep it out of my amygdala and keep me from getting triggered and all of these situations where I was and, and really helped me spread my wings in that way. But unfortunately, as you know, the sub the conscious mind is only like a tiny little tip of the iceberg. Yes. And there are all these other parts. And so in the last couple of years, I've really done the us other stuff, like the things I wished I had known in therapy, which is the nervous system work, the subconscious work, the energetics, learning how to even process through and understand what's mine and what's somebody else's, where I stop and other people start. Mm -hmm. And then the somatics. And that has completely changed my life, changed my mental health, changed my my resilience in the midst of a global pandemic, right? So as everyone else has been kind of going down this difficult path, 
I've actually just be, been becoming healthier and healthier and healthier, like that dog in, a, in that meme where it's like, I feel fine and the whole world is burning around it, right? right? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So let's talk about that whole resilience thing and pivot points because you're kind of going through a pivot point right now mm-hmm. too, right? Yes. So what, so yeah, so I've been working as a software engineer for the past um, little while, which actually created the space where I was in, where I could finally afford to try all these new things. So I tried um, psychedelic plant medicine therapy, which was amazing. I highly recommend it to anyone who has it available legally around their area. Um, and um, so I so I did that hypnotherapy. I did functional medicine, which was the first time someone was able to kind of unwrap my actual physical picture and start addressing some of the underlying physical things that were going on. Hmm. Um, and then I learned polyvagal theory, which is all the whole theory of the nervous system. I learned a ton about neuroscience. I broke up with a, alcohol. I had a, had a really problematic relationship with alcohol, trying to regulate my own nervous system, which I totally understand completely now why I did that and how I got in that that pickle. And and so I have a different view of that, and there's no shame involved. And so I just kind of started unraveling that picture. And yes, as you mentioned, there's been a ton of pivot points. The first thing that I thought that I might do is learn how to become a coach so I could support other people through this journey. Mm -hmm. And so I started a, the first type of coaching program I started was EFT training program. And um, that, the feel of that program felt oppressive and abusive to me. And once I kind of started getting into it, I realized that every time I would do a session and I would give my session notes, I was having all this anxiety about getting giving my session notes because it would be criticized. And so I recognized these other in this healing community that there are also these problematic areas where my nervous system doesn't feel safe. Right. And so I was able to cut off that and say no to that, even though I had spent money, which is a big skill I think folks need to learn is like, hey, you get to choose at any time what works for you. This fallacy of sunk costs is not real because money is just energetic, right? And so when you say no to something in the universe that's not working for you, you say yes to a lot of other things. And so after that, I then found another coaching training program. Um, It's a very popular one. I won't say the name of it, but it goes through NLP, EFT, you know, kind of the 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 main um, hypnotherapy, all of the things. And what I found um, in doing that program is there wasn't quite enough psych support in the program for me. It had all of the information and content that I needed, but not necessarily um, a way that I could make it myself, my own, and right. really make it multi-dimensional for myself. So I'm currently in a third coaching um, certification program. And I've actually decided at this point in my my life that I'm at, I'm not going to necessarily jump through the hoops that I need to get certified because I don't feel like I need it. I've been coaching folks for a while awesome. and had some really sensational results and I don't feel like I need it. So I'm only taking out of that program the support pieces that I need to help mm. me through this time where my where my um, business is transitioning so much. And it's been just like exactly what I needed. 
So it's kind of strange because I wouldn't have pictured, you know, this is all of this is like money that I've spent, time that I've invested, energy that I've invested, and never in my life would I have considered doing that without getting that stamp of approval, that piece of paper at the end that says, you did it, you know, you got an A, you passed. I think some of the best coaches, maybe I'm biased, Mm -hmm. some of the best coaches are ones um, that fell into this because they did their own work first, Mm -hmm. and it was just the natural outcropping, whatever they're doing now. Mm the ones that get these there's so many certification mm-hmm. programs out there right. that like mm-hmm. i've been doing this for 21 years and yeah i mean yeah. when people didn't know what a coach was mm-hmm. right? well the funny thing bernadette is that i'm not even going to be a coach now i know i'm i'm, I'm i've decided to pivot my business and have it be entirely based around speaking speaking and training and so I've started working through um, a course on how to get into more speaking engagements. I've done a ton this year already, cool. but now I want them to be more corporate wellness focused because I've realized the way that I can make the maximal impact on the most amount of people is to reach them where they are, which is at work. And so I'm recognizing that bringing this stuff out to the working population, creating psychologically safe workspaces is what we need coming out of the pandemic. And that's where I'm going to be focusing my energy and my oh, uh, I have a question. Expertise. Yes. So because I believe that the feminine wants to be inserted into the corporate culture. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of a lot of women leaders start to come in from the outside and coach about empathy and coach about in you Absolutely. know intuitive leadership and that sort of thing. So it's kind of exciting that you're actually going into the space, but do you see that that's the the cutting edge too, that employers now need to start to provide things like health and wellness? Absolutely. I think that the mental health crisis that's happening is not going to get better until employers learn how to create psychologically safe workspaces. This whole idea that people have about taking time off is amazing. I think people need to take more time off to like heal and be with their family. But if your nervous system is activated when you go back to work, Eve taking two weeks off, three weeks off, four weeks off is not going to make a difference because you're going to be right back in that sympathetic nervous system overdrive as soon as you set your foot back in that office or turn back on that Zoom call and are exposed with that toxic, you know, coworker or whatever is kind of creating this pattern. And so I do feel like employers need to get really on board to understanding what the what the what the experience is of their employer employees and how to make that be not only to make them feel psychologically safe at work, but to put them in positions where they can be successful, where they're operating within their zone of genius, where they feel like their job is closer to calling than career, right? So they actually feel like they're giving back. So there are all these components to actually making someone feel safe in the workplace. And there's been so much conversation around diversity and inclusion. If you Mm -hmm. can't be your full self at work, you're not going to be safe there. And and if if your full self involves, you know, some level of anxiety, some level of mental health concerns, um, all of that stuff, which most of ours do, especially coming out of this trauma, that's the pandemic work, uh, you know, employers need to learn how to how to support that. In a recent study um, of a, about a thousand participants, 
there, um, they showed that eight out of 10 of those participants would leave their company to go work for another company that provided mental health support with their job. And yeah. during this time of like the great resignation and people are leaving because they, they realize they no longer want to work like they did before. It's a very, very imperative for employers to, like you said, learn how to insert this type of support into it. It's we've far too long had these mental health program or mental wellness programs that are focused on, you know, obesity and um, and like exercise and diet throw that stuff out. None of that matters until we are psychologically safe. Amen. Right? Yeah. I'm glad that you're going to be changing to that because I do think that you'll make a huge difference. Thank you. Yes. This, this whole pivot was, it's been in front of me this whole time. And what I've realized recently is that I've been setting up my business the way I think I should because of everyone, how everyone else does it. And so I recently just tore that all down and I'm like, what do I actually want to do? What lights my fire? What serves me? What will help me create the most impact and get this message out as far and wide as possible? And so have you found that things just kind of fall into place now, like they're, after you did that? They're absolutely starting to. I found the books that I need, the tools that I need, the people. Um, I'm I'm putting together my signature talk, and yesterday I just was out and about, and and um, this guy that I do sound healing with, he offered me to use his space as a venue, um, you know, to do my to to record my stuff. So yeah, there's just like opportunities are definitely unveiling. I think that's part of the intuitive thing, like mm -hmm. honestly, and the alignment thing. Like mm -hmm. when we get aligned to what we're meant to do, mm -hmm. things just work. When we're out of alignment, it's a it's like rolling a boulder up a hill for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Know, make, making it hard mm -hmm. on ourselves. So yes. I'm excited for you. I am too. I am yeah. Too. So now now I want to know though because you opened with um, being raised in a cult. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so the church that I was raised in, so my heritage is indigenous Sami from Finland, Sweden, and Norway, which are, if you're, if you've seen, seen Frozen 2, you're familiar with at least the, the, you know, a pretty good representation of, of the Sami people. And during, uh, I don't know, the 1800s, there was this man, Lestadius, who was dissatisfied. He was a Sami um, man who became a preacher and he was dissatisfied with the state of um, just kind of the depravity that he saw around him, the alcohol use disorder and, 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 and it was a very economically depraved time for that area. So he went through with this hellfire and brimstone, threw away all of the, um, you know, traditions of the Sami people, threw away all of the instruments, tore their curtains off the windows, like it talked about. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was. It's very aggressive. Although he did pull a lot of the folklore into his sermons, so it was kind of like an internalized colonialism mm -hmm. for the Sami people. And so, my parents uh, were descendants of, um, you know, the Lestadian congregation from from Finland. And my mom came here to the U.S. Uh, before I was born. My grandfather was a preacher in the religion and then my dad was also a preacher in the religion so the way that i grew up was very insular we were only allowed to hang out with people from the church um and 
I was able to wear my hair in two braids until a certain age. I w- and then I could wear it in one braid. I wore dresses every day growing up, even in frozen tundras of Minnesota. Hmm. And yeah, it was it was a That's very crazy. restrictive, um, very rule based religion. And there was also a lot of um, abuse that was perpetuated within the context of that religion. How did you get out of it? You know, I got married when I was 19 and um, moved out to Washington State, which was, you know, 2000 miles away from my family. And the marriage turned out not to be um, very, you know, egalitarian in that religion. The men, you know, it's just a very patriarchal, um, misogynistic system. So basically all of the men are just have are abusive by design. Right. So I had that experience. I had four kids by the time I was 25. And it was 2001. And I had kind of started studying the Bible. And I recognized that what they were teaching, all of a sudden, it just became really clear to me that what they were teaching was very much in contrast to the Bible. And so at that time, I um, started becoming a part of a lot of conversations where I felt like I was lying by not really representing myself fully. And Mm. I just got to the point where I couldn't do that anymore. So I told my ex-husband, my husband at the time, um, that I was going to leave. And um, yeah, I mean, that was that was it. I don't know where that strength came from. But it was just I was at that crossroads. And I realized that I could either go further down this path that I was on, and that it wouldn't come to a good end. I've had moments in my life where it's like that, where I'm like, okay, right now, this is the defining moment. And I, and I just had that intuition. And so I just stopped going to that church. And what's interesting is that my ex-husband then left that church six months later because he started seeing all of those things that I was telling him come to pass in the church. So he actually left as well, which turned out to be a huge saving grace to me when we got divorced, because I've witnessed other people who have one person in the church and the other person gets in the, when they get divorced, the church throws all of their financial backing behind that person and, you know, creates this psychodrama about the other person being crazy or um, on drugs or something to like support mm-hmm. that other person getting custody. And I'm just so thankful to the universe that I did not have to go through that. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so that is that when be- your life kind of changed and you went down this other path of healing and? Yes and no, because I, yes, I had, I started therapy before I got divorced. When I got divorced, I was impoverished right i didn't have any money i didn't i had stayed at home with my kids for 11 years which anyone who knows spent through this knows you start looking for work and it might as well have been under a bridge right there's no like recognition of people who stay at home and 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 raise children in our culture Mm -hmm. there really isn't and so i had to start from square one and i went i had gone um through some training and became a financial advisor, I thought, well, at least I can make the world better by helping people with their finances. And then I went and worked at a credit union um, and I wasn't making much money at all, but I did have medical benefits. And I would have 
commissions if I made over a certain amount of money, which was actually just insurmountable at that time because that was when the economy went to crap, 2007, mm. 2008. And so I was going through a divorce. I was doing this this job as a financial advisor, and I was just there was it was too much, and I I started to have what I recognize now as just like a completely um, so out of control nervous system that I ended up going back to school. And I so I quit my job there. I kind of walked off another cliff and went back to school full time and got my degree in computer science. And so, yes, it started to change, but also I started to, you know, have habits where I would you know, drink too much when the kids were at their dad's or just kind of like, it was like that balloon filling up and then releasing yeah. and filling up and then releasing. So it wasn't, you know, I don't think of it as necessarily, yes, I was absolutely on the path to healing. I was, you know, moving in that direction, but I, there were also some things that were, you know, just kind of troublesome that, that kept on, um, that kept me stuck in, gotcha. in my healing journey. You know, and here we are. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Right? And it totally Does healing ever end? Does it ever end? No, really? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, mm -hmm. not 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 in this body for sure. Yeah, I don't think so yeah. either. Mm -hmm. um, so, talk a little bit about your podcast because you've you are an amazing storyteller. First of all, we just listened to a couple of your personal stories. Like, what what did you start the podcast based on? Like, why did you want to start yes. it? Oh yeah, so the podcast I was wanted to start it because I was thinking about how I have been so healed by hearing other people's stories. And other people's stories have so much richness and they have wisdom. And whenever I hear, I've heard another person's story and like I've gone through something similar, I've had their experiences to pull on and not just my own. And I thought this divided world that we're in, especially in 2020, we had so much polarity and so much division and all of these things, that can only persist if we don't hear each other's stories. Mm -hmm. Once we start hearing each other's stories, we realize that we're not that different, that, you know, maybe someone we've labeled with this label of like, you know, Black Lives Matter or anti-vax or whatever label we've given someone, once we start decomposing and understanding their story, those labels have to fall away and we have to like find healing. And so the idea behind Sisu journey, Sisu, first of all, is a Finnish word that means resilience in the face of extreme adversity. So Sisu um, and then journey, like you mentioned, we're all on this journey, we're somewhere on this journey. And so I just wanted to find diverse stories of people like yourself who have come through just shitty circumstances and have found a place of strength and resilience, whatever that means, whatever that looks like for them, and just have them create a container where they can come and share that story in a safe space, whatever part of their story they, you know, that they feel like would resonate with the listeners and um, and just share what they wish they had known, what they went through, what they learned throughout it, what those pivotal moments were, like you said, like just what are the crossroads? How did you learn? And what are some tools that that person uses to create resilience? Knowing that these tools, it's not a one size fits all model. Mm -hmm. And 
what works for one person won't work for another person. And so just giving as many tools as possible to the listeners who are going through this incredible trauma we've, we've all just gone through and, and help support them in their healing journey and their path to resilience. It's that's amazing. It's amazing mission. It's amazing podcast. Thank I you. agree. I think we need to talk more openly, mm-hmm. transparently, yeah. mm-hmm. because only then will we take the stigma yeah. off of mm-hmm. the things we go through as humans, yeah. just as being human. And the guests that I've gotten are have been so incredible. And it just like I've asked the universe for these guests. In fact, last week, the the one that I released was about a woman who had OCD and her experience going into COVID. And I wondered about that when I was like bleaching my countertops and washing my hands 100 times a day. I thought, this is me and I'm not even close to, you know, having OCD. What about those folks? And so hearing her story was amazing. I'm going to have a guest um, interviewed next week, which will, will be released in a few weeks. But this man is going to share about his experience being in um, in Washington, D.C. with the anti-Asian hate that's been happening in the mm. last year and a half and has also spent 13 years in Afghanistan, so has an insider's view on what's happening there. And I just can't wait to hear his story. And so, yeah, I, I just have been so blessed by hearing these incredible stories from such amazing folks. I love doing the podcast. It makes me feel so alive. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your journey, at least a small part of it with with us, with my audience. Mm -hmm. Now, if someone wants to listen to your podcast, where do they find that? Anywhere where podcasts are, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, all of the main things, iHeart. You can just look up Sisu, S-I-S-U, Journey, and you should be able to find it there. If not, you can always run to sisujourney.com and check it out. Um, you know, send me a note, whatever. And there's a podcast page there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. This has been delightful. Yeah. Okay. So say your name so I pronounce it properly. Helena Lucia. Okay. So thank you for joining us, Helena Lucia, because I did not want to butcher it again. (laughs) Everybody give her a big round of applause and go listen to her podcast until next time this is your host bernadette signing out abandon fear and trust yourself open up to all life's wealth tap into a sixth sense with intuitive intelligence